Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's Scripture Reflections. Hello, and welcome to Jesuitical, a podcast by the young, hip, and lay editors of America Media. That lay part means we aren't Jesuits, but we work with them. Join us each week for a smart Catholic take on faith, culture, and the news, often over drinks. And a special welcome to a special bonus podcast of Jesuitical, where we are continuing our series on parish life. You know, that's the place where you probably go to Mass, where it might be growing, it might be shrinking. And America recently released a brand new groundbreaking documentary, People of God, How Catholic Parish Life is Changing in the United States, which you can watch now at americamagazine.org slash peopleofgod, or click that link in the show notes, but make sure you come back to this conversation after you watch it, because it's going to be a good one. It brought up a lot of questions and issues that people love to talk and argue about, and we're going to keep doing that. I am again joined by Father Jim McDermott, Sebastian Gomes, and Ashley McKinless. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Hello. Thanks, Zach. Hi. Really excited to dig into this next issue because everyone was affected by it. You might have heard of this thing called COVID. Um, <laughs> we all had to stop going to Mass uh, for a while, some places more than others. And for a while, a lot of churches were trying to live stream. Some people are still live streaming. Some people still don't feel comfortable going back to Mass because they're maybe immunocompromised. But you highlighted one particular digital parishioner in this film, and that might sound brand new to some people. So if you could briefly just introduce this person and, and how they're connected to their parish, Sebastian. Yeah, so in the film, one of the parishes that we visit is in Boston, Massachusetts, really kind of happening place. It's kind of a destination parish in the city. So there's lots of different people and different things going on. And one of those really interesting things is the fact that their live stream really took off when COVID took off. And they were really intentional about how to build a digital community, reaching out to the people and incorporating them into the community very intentionally, who were remote viewers of the live stream. And so now one of the registered parishioners at this parish in Boston actually lives in Westchester County, New York. And we went to visit her. Uh, her name's Betty Ann Acero, former teacher. She lives by herself up there. And she came across the live stream, the mass live stream from, from St. Cecilia in Boston when COVID began, and it just changed her life. And so she is a registered parishioner at St. Cecilia's in Boston. Where does she get the sacraments? So she does like live close to a few churches and she'll go uh, to receive communion. But she was pretty clear in our interview that she doesn't feel like that's a place that gives her a lot of life. I mean, like her her one-on-one -on -one connection with Jesus is a really important thing to her, uh, especially through the sacrament. But that community life that she was longing for that has really like changed her, she couldn't find in her local churches and her local parishes. So she had to go online and she found St. Cecilia. Does St. Cecilia have any plans of stopping the live stream? No. I mean, and part of that is because of the like digital success of it, right? So let me back up a bit. Like when COVID hit, they were already experimenting with live streaming the mass, but 
there's a lot of creativity there among the team, among the staff, uh, with the pastor, Father John. It's an affluent parish uh, in, in a pretty like expensive place to live in, in, in the part of Boston where it is. But they knew right away that live streaming a mass is not like setting up your phone and like pressing record at the altar where like half of the priest's head is cut off and you can't even like hear properly because there's no microphone. Like that's not a live stream mass experience. So they basically built the experience to mimic what it's like to sit in the pew so that when you're watching this, you actually feel like you're part of the community. And then the people who are moderating the live stream are actually very intentionally reaching out to the people who are watching to make sure they're included and incorporated and part of the community. So with a lot of intentionality, it's a totally different experience than the one that you might be watching at your local parish. Jim, you were someone that kind of tried to just hit record and say some passes on <laughs> Facebook for a That's while not the one the I was referencing. Wow, that is not true. <laughs> no. I take exception. Uh, but um, you did experiment with live streaming some mass during the pandemic. I, right? I did. So I was in California. In California, we didn't go back the fall after the pandemic started. We didn't go back for another year. So pretty early, like LMU, Loyola Marymount, where I was living, they weren't doing mass at the beginning. And so I just thought, well, I'll do something on Facebook. And although <laughs> actually I'm really glad that it seemed like I just hit record because my sort of idea was everyone's going to be watching this in their homes if anybody watches this at all. So I'm going to do the same thing. I'm not going to stand at an altar and make it seem like because it just felt really stiff and formal. So I did it from my quote unquote living room, basically where I live. And I did not, exp I thought it'd be like for my family. And then maybe there'd be some people from LMU that would find it helpful. But I, I had a very similar experience on a much smaller level that I was getting all kinds of people from all over the place, from other countries. I didn't even know it was on Facebook rather than YouTube, which is a slightly in some ways, it's a harder medium to take off. But I was really amazed by it and amazed by exactly what uh, Sebastian found in the film that like people really found a sense of community from that. And so did I, which was weird because I was just sitting in my room by myself talking into a camera. Ashley, what was your experience with live stream mass during the pandemic? I made it to maybe three before I couldn't take anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is not I, uncommon. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. I think it, shared that. It experience. did not do it for me. Um, yeah, I've, I, t I like the formality of mass, and so sitting on my couch and trying to stay engaged in this, even when I was, for part of it, I was uh, staying at my parents' house, so I was had the experience of sitting in the couch pew with them, watching it on TV, but it still felt pretty empty to me. So after, yeah, after a few virtual masses, I gave up on that. It raises like a really key question, though, which is like, okay, because COVID happened, in a sense, we had to do this. Hmm. But now that we're trying to get back to normal, should we do it? Yeah. And that is that is something I struggle with. So I go to Mass here in Brooklyn and am very lucky to live in a place where there is a church every three blocks. And so I, I'm able to parish shop in a very specific geographical location and then have that physical experience of, of the Mass. And I realize not everyone has that experience because I sometimes go to Mass with my parents in Maryland and it looks much more like the churches in Wisconsin where there are three churches that are clustered, one priest who's over 80. And I go to those masses and I'm like, if I were a young person and this is what I thought being a Catholic meant, like, would I still be one? It takes you know. half an hour to drive there too, <laughs> instead of yeah. just like being in Brooklyn and walking out your door and walking into a church, like yeah. literally. I do think the the issue is that there's still too many parishes that think they need to do it. 
Yeah. Um, and they're sort of justifying it because they're like, well, everybody's doing it. Well, everyone's doing it and, and there might be 20 people watching. And do you really want to let those 20 people down? And um, yes, they're not doing Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> well, it depends on who those 20 people yeah, no, are. That's true. What I if they're homebound? Be. Like before the pandemic, generally, if you're homebound, you you just I mean, you hoped for someone to come and visit you, which hopefully is still happening. But you didn't have that experience of liturgy or or you were watching like EW Chan. I think a yes. lot of people like are realizing that like before the pandemic, a lot of homebound people did just sort of rely on the EWTN live stream liturgy on that channel every day. Or maybe like their cathedral in their diocese did it once a week or once a month or something. And so but my my I guess my thing is like not everyone has to do that. Do, do, does your local parish community have to live stream it. Maybe someone should ask homebound people this because I, you know, I'm speculating here. I just don't think it's sustainable for every single local parish to pull this off. Yeah, especially when you have places like St. Cecilia that you can watch from anywhere that do it very well. Yeah, and I think it points to a, like a like a larger desire for other types of Catholic community. Like I was thinking about this podcast when that segment happened because like we are a digital, we'd like to be, a digital community that is not geographically contained. People find Catholic nourishment here. They find other Catholics here. But we're also not trying to provide liturgy or the other things that, that parishes typically do, like uh, small groups or, count, like I don't know, committee meetings or something. And so in some ways, I think we could do more of this type of thing rather than expecting parishes to somehow fulfill that desire and itch for people. Yeah, I joined my parish council like two weeks before COVID shut everything down. And so I was in, you know, these Zoom meetings with the parish council every couple of weeks for the first six months of the pandemic. And it was my, whenever it was my turn to talk, I was like, just what, what is the one thing that we can do? Like, cause there's a lot of like desire to be like, okay, well maybe we can do like zoom lecture sh series and bring these things to people. And I'm like, no, <laughs> they can go on YouTube and find Catholic lectures. Like we are a parish community. What do people need from us right now? And I, for my part, it was like trying to find a safe way, safe way to open as soon as possible, because that's the one thing I want for my parish. Yeah. And I think like the other the other big question here is not only like one of preference, which Ashley, you know, correctly pointed out like that some people like, no, that like the church is really important to me and my faith experience and, and that. But the other question is like a theological and ecclesiological question. Like, and, I, and this comes out in the film, right? You have the, the director of communications for the parish. I, I basically asked him about this. Like, what what does it mean that some of these remote parishioners like are not physically present in the parish? Like, and he said, yeah, that's a great point, right? Sacraments are stuff. Catholics are about stuff. It's like water and oil and bread and wine and body and blood and all these things that are very tangible and incarnational, right? Incarnational, think about the word becoming flesh. So what does that mean? Like, can you really be Catholic and be totally remote? Or is there some level of like physical presence in a community environment that makes it unique as an experience? And, and that's like, like so many other things in this film, it's a question that we raise rather than answer. And that's why we're talking about it here, right? Because like the church needs to to figure that out. Yeah, I agree. I, actually, I mean, for me, doing this little digital community thing during the pandemic, I mean, I felt a kind of a constant pressure of this question of like, what about the in-person? What about the sacraments? This is not the same 
in a, in a sense, I worried about if this community works, it could keep people from what they really need. Mm. Uh, and but I have to say, so th- so eventually, when I felt when people could be vaccinated, I stopped doing it. But watching this f- film, I I really thought, wow, I wonder if I made a mistake in, to some extent because I continue to hear from some of those people about not not when are you going to say mass again, but like when are we going to have that community again? And whether it's sacramental or not, there's something there that which I, I'm still sort of surprised by, but I felt it as well, that when we were gathered, there was something real that sh- shouldn't be there because it's just a bunch of people online. But how do you how do you allow that to continue? What kind of life can you give that? Do people want liturgy or do they want a homily? Live streamed. Oh, I, and yeah. Good, 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 good question. Because like, good I, question. I was like, remember during the pandemic, we'd be watching like a recorded, ma- like I, it wasn't even live and we're like, saying the responses during the liturgy of the Eucharist. And I'm like, this thing was consecrated like like 500 miles away, but also like tw- like 12 hours ago. Like what, why am I, like what am I responding to? Like to the extent I think this yeah. works and I believe this is real, that this becomes God, this piece of bread. I think it kind of happens there. I don't think it's like through a television screen 12 hours later. And it just felt ridiculous to me. And maybe some people, I don't know, particularly at certain points during the pandemic, like felt some comfort and just going through the motions and doing those types of things. But I don't, I'm skeptical of the the thought that that has any value going forward. I think actually, I think that there's another option, which is like, uh, it's like the petitions part or the peace be with you part. Like, I think that those moments and this, again, I see this in the film, they would just explode. Suddenly there'd be dozens of petitions and then people would be asking each other later, how's that going? How's your sister? Things like that. And that seemed to be an important part, an important piece of what people were getting from it. Yeah, I think I think it is really important, and this I learned through doing the film, to acknowledge the real experiences that, what you're saying, Jim, that people are having through this medium, right? So Betty Ann, who's the, the, the woman who kind of testifies to this, who's the remote parishioner, it's real for her, right? And if you learn anything about like 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 about Jesus and encounter from the Gospels, it's that like the unique experience that people have encountering Jesus has value and credibility. And it's not up to us or whatever ecclesial authority to determine that in some sense, right? It's genuine. And so what do we do with that? Like you're right, Zach. But then what do we do with that when someone has an authentic experience? I've got the, so like I think someone somewhere could come up with like a digital right, right? And that is not le- liturgy it's not mass right right right? but like okay here are best practices for conducting a a virtual digital like gathering yeah prayer service gathering from people that are not geographically like contained and you know without taking away from the obligation to go to mass and the importance of the eucharist we could we could take the things that are working like the petitions or like the the sign of peace like the breaking open of the word and sort of craft like another another thing and acknowledge the good that's there i think so when i'm in charge <laughs> that's what i'm doing one question that raises for me is would people want to do that if there's not a priest because i i don't know i we're all a little clericalists. <laughs> um, and so I, I know that th- I know that th- real this mass. is something like we have friends uh, who have been doing virtual prayer services for since before COVID. Um, so that has always been an option. And for some reason, the mass component attracted new people to that. And maybe they would be open to a different version. Yeah, I think it's sort of like COVID was a big reset for a lot of things. Right. And so it, it did 
I don't know, spark creativity and new ideas and new openness. But I mean, the lay people have been gathering without priests for prayer and different kinds of things for, for centuries. The church has always done that. I think we've been slow to the game to acknowledge the, the, the digital part of it and, and sort of see the validity and value and goodness of it. And like, let mass be mass because it can only be that, right? It can only be this in-person thing. And it is not the only part, it is an essential part of being Catholic, but it is not the only part of being Catholic. And I think that's, something that the film brought out. Um, and maybe, you know, you think my ideas and solutions are crazy and, um, or maybe gyms are crazy um, and Ashley's got all the answers, but no matter what, <laughs> um, you should watch this segment for yourself. It's it's really fascinating. I mean, the idea of a remote parishioner was a reality that was happening and I don't think anyone really talked about it in the, in the media anyway until you guys did, Sebastian. So well done. And everyone can watch it at americamagazine.org slash people of God. Become a digital subscriber. It's less than $5 a month and you can engage in conversations just like this one. Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's scripture reflections.